Good morning, George. How are you? Morning, Charlie. Very well. Thank you very well. Lovely cup of tea. How are you? Oh, I'm very well. I'm actually out sort of in the countryside, not quite, um, you know, the Lake District like you last Mm. week, but uh, definitely not in London anymore. And it's lovely. Oh, lovely. Mm. Yeah. Nice to get out, isn't it? I went for a nice bike bike ride around bits of Oxfordshire um, the other day. Got Got on the train with a bike. And then met a friend and we went for a nice bike ride through some lovely like little like villages with stone cottages and things. It's very picturesque. Mm, I do like Oxfordshire, but that is um it's very sort of healthy and active of you, George. Yeah, it was a little too active. He was going quite quickly for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd not been on the bike for a while. Uh, so my legs were sort of aching by the end. He he bought bought he cleverly bought a bike right at the start of lockdown. So that's been his sort of thing throughout mm. lockdown. He's been out a lot. Um, so yes, things are in a, in a better shape than I am at the moment. <laughs> it was good fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, welcome everybody to Archers and Tea. This is a podcast where George and I discuss the latest episodes of the Archers. Normally, we'd be meeting up in person, having a cup of tea and a biscuit, but during these strange and crazy times, we've not been able to. So we're recording our conversations and inviting you to listen in. So grab a tea, grab a biscuit, and relax for about an hour ish. <laughs> Fabulous. Shall we start with Monday? I think we should start with Monday. That's a good place to start, isn't it? <laughs> what a week, George. Yeah, I know. It was, it was a great week. It was, there was, was a bit of drama. There was a couple of, you know, I listened to it sort of all in one go. I listened to Ooh. it on Thursday evening. But for the final episode, I think I had to wait about 20 minutes until it was actually on live. Um, <laughs> so I was kind of like, um, well, well, we'll say when we get to it, but it's a bit of a, a bit of a cliffhanger. It was indeed. Well, it started quite sort of in a in a more pedestrian way, you know. I was like, okay, so we start off with Christopher, who is worried about buying presents for his family, um, and you know he wants Emma to have got them all, but he hasn't done it or whatever. A classic brother thing, I imagine. It really is, isn't it? Real, <laughs> I mean, actually, so I'm I've got two young brothers, and actually. I think between us, we're pretty good. I mean, they may say differently. They may say that every time they have to sort out the presents. Um, <laughs> but I think we're all right at sort of like sharing it between us, kind of getting ideas and, and buying them when we're buying for, our pre- buying for our parents. But yes, no, I think it's a sort of a, a typical sort of sibling kind of issue. <laughs> mm, it does. I gather that uh, Chris is always like, we always get joint presents reading... Emma always buys presents and puts my name on. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Yes. When has he ever bought the joint presents? I think it's probably exactly. Um, but there's a bit of village gossip as well. So some dressage man has moved in with Tandy. And I uh, I kept thinking Tandy Newton. Yes. Who, of course, is not the character. She's an Emmy and BAFTA award winning actress. Mm, who I don't think plays the silent character. <laughs> I quite enjoyed because... He sort of mentioned quite a bit this week, and I quite enjoy the fact that he's just always known as dressage bloke <laughs> or, or dressage guy. <laughs> but uh, yes, we don't know what his name is, um, but there's a bit of scandal, definitely. There's a scandal. He's had an affair with Tandy Newton, and now, <laughs> and he's married and he's been chucked out. So he's now staying with Tandy, uh, and he's moved his horses over. So Chris is thinking, oh, great, you know, I've got even more business potentially and then there's this reference to when Jacob arrived that potentially Jacob had been involved with Tandy as well Mm. at one point 
But they haven't really gone into it, or if they have, I've missed it. No, I think I've not. I've missed it as well. But we then go over to Ed, who is in in the field, isn't he? With his sheep. Well, I thought of you. Well, absolutely, because I was so angry last week, um, <laughs> and I have not calmed uh, mm. more fly tipping. Um, I know. I'd so ah oh, well. Yes, I mean, obviously, it's in Ambridge, and that is, you know, far, far away in the land of fiction. But um, it's still frustrating, isn't it? And it does just happen. You know, you can just see that it it, it must happen. And I think this feels like a really important storyline for them Mm. to be bringing up in that sort of public service announcement uh, Mm. line of story. Well, that's it, because then a a sheep cuts her mouth because she's been rummaging through the rubbish. And so she's bleeding from the mouth and it's quite a good, I don't know, it kind of brings the the reality home about what fly tipping means. It's not just that, oh, a farmer has to pick up your litter. Mm. It's that you might hurt animals or people or children even as we get to later. So, yeah, um, yeah it was very useful. It's very good to hear that information. Yeah. Having spent a fair bit, of, yeah, having spent time in the Lake Districts the previous week um, with a lot of very friendly sheep. Um, I was particularly distraught that this poor sheep had uh, had, had hurt its mouth. I know. Um, so yes, no, but yeah, and and Ed, understandably angry as well. Mm, indeed. And again, quite quickly, we move then to Emma, who is um, she's in the garden. She wants to take over the veg garden, but she's worried about Clary. And I got a little bit lost at one point because I, I was like, hold on a minute, why wouldn't Clary want Emma doing stuff in the garden? And indeed, she's asking the very same question. She's not. Really, she doesn't really understand why Clary has a bit of a problem with this. You know, the garden is Clary's domain, but veg used to be Joe's thing. And uh, and Emma feels that she's quite good at that sort of thing. You know, she was taught by her dad and Kira and Poppy are quite into it. And the tomatoes are really tasty. Mm. So she, she's not she's not really understanding where uh, Clary's reticence is coming from. And there's this is sort of maybe even a suggestion that Clary's like, oh, all you want to do is um, crazy vegetables, but... I will do maybe something fun, but I will also do potatoes and carrots or whatever. And so I was a little bit, George, a little bit like, oh, is this maybe my week to be bored of a story? (laughs) (laughs) The way a couple of weeks ago you were fed up with the quiz storyline. I was like, hmm, I'm not sure I can really get on board with this because I enjoy gardening and I enjoy Mm. um, veg gardening, even though I'm no good at it. I was like, really? There's going to be... Yeah, they're going to make a story out of this, but I think they turn it around for me, and I ended up getting into it. I, it's um, it's it's from the off. I was kind. Of, it was a real um, you know, tr- tradition versus innovation storyline. Mm. Um, you know, and as as it develops, we kind of see that even more explicitly throughout the week. Um, but even at this point, yes, it's it's you know, it's <laughs> Carrie wants to do just the traditional carrots and potatoes, um, whereas Emma wants to try some other stuff. And I think, you know, in so many walks of life, finding that balance between the traditions and the... And, in the, you know, I think the theatre world is a really good example of it in many ways because, mm. you know, you can put on a Shakespeare play and you'll probably sell a lot of tickets to go and see it. Um, and there's lots of different ways of doing Shakespeare plays, but actually to innovate in theatre and put on new work and new exciting work... Um, is really important. I think it's you know it's a really important role of theatre to produce mm. those new and exciting plays, mm. um, and not just do the same old um, Shakespeare and 
etc. Mm. Anyway, I, did, I, I hadn't drawn that parallel at the time. You've made me think of the fact that um, they've put on recently on the BBC Talking Heads, Alan Bennett's Talking yes. Heads. And to me, I go, oh, what? Like just a bunch of sort of people doing monologues. That's pretty normal. That's pretty standard. Because growing up when I did, obviously, actually, that became quite normal. But it was pretty unconventional when mm. Alan Bennett wrote it. And it was quite groundbreaking and fascinating. And yeah, his writing is particularly good, you know, the way he twists and turns the story. But it's interesting how to me now that's not very innovative but I'm being reminded that it was then. So it's really mm. important that we continue to be innovative because something which becomes conventional and established and well-loved at some point is going to be new and exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Or new and scary. I guess, um, well, to throw in another example, um, something like The Office, um, mm. that kind of mockumentary style, which now is, you know, not done to death, but like there's so many, so many examples of that. Um, and the office at the time, it was just, yeah, like you say, groundbreaking and really, really exciting and new. Mm. Um, so who knows? Maybe, maybe Emma would, you know, if she gets control of the vegetable patch, she'll do some groundbreaking, new, exciting. I, I don't know. I don't know an exciting vegetable. <laughs> Compost or is that well, well indeed, yeah. well indeed. But we, she gets sort of interrupted because Chris turns up and she already knows exactly why. It's because he's not bothered to get a present for Gary and Tracy. Um, and then we move on to Christopher sort of after that exchange. And apparently Emma has criticised Alice and said, well, you know, can't this lady of leisure do it because she's given up a well-paid job? And and it's interesting, you get that, that little um, injection of the class struggle and the struggle between the Aldridges and the Carters. Mm. where the Carters come from a very different walk of life to the Aldridges. And so to Emma, she does get a bit annoyed, doesn't she, with these sort of Aldridge types who have things so easy and have the luxury to give up a well-paid job. Mm. At least that's how she's perceived it. And then, and to her, she's like, that's crazy. But of course, to Alice, it's not. And Chris Chris is very sort of, he's very protective and, and defensive. I wonder whether there's a little, uh, I, well, I don't know, a little aspect of, you know, Emma's got kids to be chasing around after as well at the moment. So, mm. you know, and, and, and I don't, and I'm you know, I'm sure she didn't use that as a, uh, you know, in, in any sort of weapon for, weaponized form. But yes, that, that idea of a lady of leisure sitting at home, no kids to look after, no work to do. Mm. Um, yes, but, but Chris is very defensive. Of, very you know, defensive. I don't know whether he was at the time, but, but when we hear him, he's saying, again, how difficult... Alice found it at um, Price. What's it called? Price Bauer. Price Bauman. Uh, and that she was just finding it so stressful, and, and she needs to get out of there. And now she's sort of relaxing. Um, yeah, she's flourishing now. Yeah, which is thinks. interesting, isn't it? I'm not quite sure. Mm. Yes, I think his angle on things are very different to the angle that we get in a bit. Yes, um, but he gets back at Emma by remembering how how Jennifer had helped him when he'd started doing a gardening and a, a gardening and a veg patch and uh and had sort of hatches a little plan and then we move over to Emma and she's just in the middle of trying to escape from a phone call from Jennifer <laughs> she's getting all the ins and outs of her little, little tidbits of information from Jennifer I can imagine she's quite a quite a tricky one to get off the phone I think <laughs> <laughs> well, she does that brilliant thing where she's like oh oh sorry Kira's just um yes <laughs> falling off the trampoline gotta go bye <laughs> yes excellent 
but then and then we sort of get a little another little snippet of the innovation that she's trying to bring by mentioning the idea of having an a flower and produce show online and that's, that's kind right. of that's that is these two worlds of you know massive traditional um event like the flower and produce show and as she mm. says like it'd be so hard to imagine Ambridge without a flower and produce show this year mm. um and the idea of taking that and putting it online I mean, I, I don't know how it would work but but she thinks it would do so yeah I, I think this is kind of it's a bit of a brainwave from Emma yeah I thought it was a really great idea and I think there's a point to be made that if you don't innovate um some things will be lost Mm-hmm. What would happen to the Flower and Produce show if there isn't one this year? Is that going to spell the end for it in the future? So she's adapting to the situation. She's like, if we make it virtual, then there can still be one and we can breathe life into it. I think that, because um, that happened as well with the Village Fate, didn't it? Where, in terms of they got in a couple of younger, I think they got Ben, didn't they? And mm. Ben and, I oh know, Ben and Rory, was it? Oh, um, yeah. They got in for a bit of kind of like, you know, a bit of advice in terms of how do we attract the youth, the youth of Ambridge to come along to this. And I can't really remember. They ended up booking somebody who didn't turn up, didn't they, I think. And, yeah. uh, and they ended up, it sort of ended up being a kind of a, a, a melting pot of innovation and tradition, I think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you've got, like you say, you've got to, you've got to innovate to keep these things alive. It's true. And then, but also try and retain the essence of what the thing is. Yes. And I do feel like Emma is doing that with the Flower and Produce show as we sort mm. of um, see as we go on. We we quickly just move to Ed, who is fixing up his U, um, and he's decided to put a strong padlock and a chain on the gate. And it's a very small little scene. And I was a bit like, why have they bothered? <laughs> 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 you were fully on board with Monday's episode. <laughs> I wasn't sure on Monday. I really wasn't sure. And then, and then, obviously, I understand why later, why that's important information. Yeah. But at first, I was like, "Cool, Great. why couldn't they just done that in one scene?" But I, I understand, and it also obviously breaks up all the scenes of this episode. Mm. Um, and we're back with Chris. He's having problems with Tandy. So now, he, even though he'd uh, he'd gone to help with a horse the week before um she's accusing him of pricking the foot of the horse that he was shoeing i want to say putting it should he, putting a shoe on <laughs> <laughs> i think that's i think shoeing is, a, is that i don't know should you shoe a horse not like shoe is in like shoo shoo go away yes like... <laughs> <laughs> um or mold out of shoe pastry no i think <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, no, it's, he's sort of, I don't know, slightly, slightly aghast at the prospect that he might have made a mistake. And he's like, no, I can't have done it. Surely can't have done it. No, 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 not at all. At all. And, and we also think that he, he, he reckons that she's kind of spreading this because um, he's told Emma about, um, about, our, um, what's you mean name? dressage guy. Dressage guy. <laughs> she's then probably told Susan. And then once Susan's told, everybody knows. Um, well, indeed. He's like, I haven't said anything. All the gossip was Lavinia. Oh, wait. I did on. mention it to my sister, who probably told my mum. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, he's like, oh, surely that can't have been me. I can't have made that mistake. But then he kind of has a little, well, maybe, maybe actually that was the night after I, Alice and I had stayed a bit late drinking. 
Mm. And I was a bit a bit of a sore head. And I was late as well because somebody else had, had, had kind of got me doing a couple more jobs. So I was late mm. there. Maybe I was rushing. And, but surely I would have noticed. It's quite a kind of, I don't know. I think other characters, we would only have heard the, wasn't me, kind of made me, didn't make a mistake. Mm. But I think because it's Chris, mm. he is a bit more reflective than that. And a bit more, oh, was it me? I don't mm. know. I, think, I, th- I thought that was quite interesting that we got that kind of within his thoughts. Well, I agree. And I think that's sort of the, the nice thing about these this sort of uh, new way of doing the episodes is that you get this introspection and actually we hear the doubt in Chris's voice. And, and it does make you feel a bit uneasy because you remember that episode, you know, when the next day he'd uh, he'd brought Alice a cup of tea and she couldn't believe that he was off out going to work. Mm. And now I'm going, oh, yes. And, and actually... Maybe it did affect his work. And of course, this is something that affects people, particularly who are self-employed and who have their own business, that there's no chain of command where you just sort of get a little telling off. There's no safety net. If you do a bad job and that leads to some bad reviews or... um I mean, you know, like not not like a review, like a theatre review, although you don't want those either, but uh, a bad sort of like trust pilot review or or even just word of mouth. If your word of mouth is affected, then that can affect your business really quickly and really severely. Mm. Especially in a, you know, a, a small village like Ambridge, I imagine. Mm. Yeah, certainly. Mm. So I was, yeah, I was feeling for him a bit. It's quite scary. I imagine. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. You can you can just feel it, you feel that sort of snowball at the top of the hill, you know, and he's trying to grip hold of it. Um, and then also because I'm thinking, oh, and Alice has just quit her job, this isn't really the time for him to yeah. have business trouble. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Indeed. Alice, who we hear from on Tuesday's Ooh. episode. Oh, I, I found this, I I found the Alice stuff this week quite uncomfortable. Must have Me been. too. It wasn't, she sort of mentions that she, you know, she's... Had red wine followed by vodka. She says, "Oh, I always feel ill after that." I think, how often? How often are you? <laughs> how often know. is that a combo? Yeah, I know. But also, it's a bit like, "Oh, that's why I'm sick today," is because I had vodka after wine, not because I had the quantity of vodka and wine. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's like it's a constantly finding an excuse for how you feel. Oh. You, you, I've heard it from some people who I've been worried about before. Oh, you know, it was just that last whiskey was was funny, or I shouldn't have had that last one. Mm. And you think, well, what about the ten that preceded that last <laughs> one? Yeah, I think we were right, George. What last week when we were thinking that they might go down a route where yeah. they where they deal with Alice and maybe Chris as well, but Alice's um, relationship with alcohol. Mm. It was quite interesting in terms of. Uh, I mean. Going back to the, that class question as well, I saw, I don't know, a little thing that was shared on social media, but that re- reliance on that, that drinking alcohol, you know, during the daytime, um, for I don't know whether I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to say that. Is it the way that that working class people are often quite demonised for drinking lots, yes. and it's like a can or a tin yeah. of beer? Is an imagery that's that's put upon there, which might not even be true. Mm. And yet, someone of the middle class is having a gin and tonic or a white wine quite early on in the day. It's just seen as a little lavish. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah, there's there's that distinction between 
those two things and you know right <laughs> whether right or wrong I think mm. there is you know oh well Alice you know she just drinks during the day that's 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 fine but I think now that she's not working I just feel like it's gonna you know it's not it's not gonna it's not going to improve without um, somebody noticing what's going on, I think. I agree. And mm. I think I think you're right. I think it's also it's how other people see it, but also it's how somebody justifies something to themselves. Mm. Because they're like, well, I'm not that kind of person, whatever they mean by yeah. that. And so then they justify. It's constantly finding justification for your actions. Well, even just in this episode, she's feeling unwell. And she thinks, oh, what time is it? Well, actually. <gasps> and you can just hear her going for a hair of the dog you know, another drink just to make her feel a bit better. Oh, it made me feel a bit sick, George, because it was that classic, you know, she goes, right, I need to get some work done. I've got to, I could do a website and email clients, but I'm feeling really bad. Well, the best way to deal with that. And I just thought, Mm. no, just take some paracetamol and a large glass of water. I could just, yeah, yeah, it started to make me feel really uneasy. I remember my dad once really telling me off for that when I was quite young and not super young, but like, old enough to drink but quite young mm. and where I said oh you know the best thing is just having another drink the next day and his reaction was so strong to be like don't don't do that don't get into that habit and of course at the time I was just like oh I literally you know I've just come over dad and you're having wine and so I'll have one but I see now why mm. he reacted that strongly because it is a very very dodgy game to start playing yeah yeah oh interesting yeah I think yeah, good good reaction. Well, dad. if someone talked about drugs, right, and they said, yeah. "Oh, I had a bit of heroin last night." I'm on a I know what I'll now. do. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have another one. Everyone will go. Will you have an addiction? <laughs> I'll have another one. I, I'll just have another one. I mean, obviously, I've taken loads of heroin in my life. I know how to describe reminds that me of a brilliant, process. Apparently, it's <laughs> a brilliant old Mitchell and Webb sketch, uh, Mitchell and Webb look sketch, where it was it was writers writing a television program about drug taking and they've never taken drugs at all <laughs> it's, like, it's like oh just give me another mouthful of weed please <laughs> <laughs> yes i slightly gave myself away there didn't i josh <laughs> no i'm very cool yeah i'm very edgy <laughs> but yeah so we leave alice there oh in in her uncomfort yeah in her uncomfort but you're not the only one fuming about fly tipping Yes, indeed. I know. I know. Brian is Brian is furious as well, and uh, somebody else is sort of saying, "Oh, you know, the Grundies. You know, Grundies always. I've always been doing that." Um, it's quite nice actually to hear Brian kind of really protecting the Grundies, and mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we we mentioned that in some of the revisited episodes that there is a history of Brian standing up for the Grundies. Yeah. And having a lot of respect for them, you know, mm. when they came to help with the picking and he's like, good on Grundy's. And then it was the episode where the Grundy's were being evicted from one of the farms um, that you and I can never remember which farm means what. He got fired from the the, um, the board, did he? Because he'd stood up for them or something. Is that right? Oh, yeah, he resigned from like the board. That. Yeah, that's right. I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's having quite a nice time on the combine. Mm. he's kind of just uh he's you know this is the life kind of moment um but he's sort of thinking about alice and we we hear that alice has told brian and jennifer about uh the fact that she has quit her job um Mm. which is how she's told it um and uh but 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 
had the moment of uh, Alice coming and she's clearly kind of arrived and said, I've got some news. And Jennifer, you can almost hear Jennifer's squeal. <laughs> you know the Jennifer squeal yeah. um, of excitement. Think, oh, she must be pregnant. Um, and that, that's not what it was. No, I know. And then Brian's quite positive. He thinks going freelance could work and maybe if they do want kids, that could work. Mm. But he is just a little bit confused about how things were at Price Baum and whether he, you know, he thought it had all settled down and stuff. And you hear these seeds of doubt uh, settle settle into Brian's brain and indeed actually I'll skip to the next bit with Brian you know he's ringing Alice because he ran into someone from Price Bauman who didn't react very well when he made a comment about Alice leaving and he Mm. does start to wonder if there's more to the story so Mm. he starts popping over yeah absolutely Uh, Alice has a bit of a a panic she's kind Mm. of yeah because she's been drinking she's Um, been drinking and I think you don't know what time this is exactly, I don't think, but it, it feels late morning-ish. Is that... Is Honestly, that I thought maybe when she... In, you know, the earlier scene, I thought maybe it was the latest it could be was probably about 11. Mm, yeah. If we're being generous. And so yeah. now the latest it could be is maybe 12 or 1 o'clock. Yeah. yeah. And she's fostered. And she's kind mm. of, you know... Because she's clearly also... They've had a drink the previous night because she's had her wine and her vodka, so the place is a bit of a mess. You don't, mm. She's not really been in the right frame of mind to tidy it, so it's all still a mess. She's got vodka mm. in the glass, bottle of, a half-empty bottle of vodka um, that she sort of chucks under the sofa to hide it. But not before she has another drink. Oh, yeah. Not before drink. she's like, quickly, I'll have another one and spill some vodka down her top. Yes, that's right. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, this is... Because she needs that to steady herself for her dad coming round. Yeah. Yes, that idea of sort of, well, I'll hide the fact that I've been drinking by quickly having a drink. And then, yeah, yeah, like you say, alarm bells. Certainly. Mm, And just chucking the bottle under the sofa. It just doesn't feel like... Mm. I wonder if Alice could see herself from outside the situation, whether she would actually notice the problem as well. But when you're in the middle of it, it can be difficult and you you find justifications. Mm. It's interesting. I didn't know whether there would be a... I don't know, in her in her voice, as in, you know, when I say her voice, I mean her inner thoughts voice. Mm. There's no sort of indication that she's had a couple of drinks. You know, I didn't, I didn't know. I don't know. I don't know how you would do that. Or oh, um, sort of playing drunk. Yeah, not playing. Yeah, like you say, not playing drunk because the minute you start playing drunk, it's kind of. But mm. the way that when you're drunk, your thoughts kind of tumble a little bit, or mm. you get focused in on. Something. I didn't. It wasn't much of that in the writing, but I don't. But 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 also, she's not necessarily drunk. She's just had a couple of drinks at this. You know, mm. she's. Yeah, I don't know. That, that maybe maybe that, I think that's probably a step too far at the moment. But well, indeed. But also, if you're used to drinking a certain amount, you can probably mm. handle a little bit more before yeah. it starts to affect you. Yeah. Um, built up a sort of strange resistance. Um, mm. So we'll we'll pop back just quickly. Um, Emma is annoyed because Clary has had issues with her doing this veg patch, and I was just like, Jesus Christ! And um, and she indeed says, "Not like I'll dig up all the." stuff to plant kumquats oh that's that's, why that's where I the kumquats, kumquats in, my mind. in your mind yeah. <laughs> but she wants to keep it going for joe um and i wondered if this is what and then i was like oh okay i think i see where this is going now are you missing something you know you just think clary's being resistant what for sort of resistance sake or conventional 
just to be sort of old-fashioned but then I thought mm, maybe if we're talking about Joe there's something a little bit more emotional that's going on in mm. a different way for Clary related mm. to Joe and she's also Clary is not keen on this virtual you know flower and produce show and Emma gets very frustrated she's why 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 yeah yeah and, and yeah initially it just seems like she's just you know being obstinate or something yes just going against any sort of innovation and you know tradition you know can't possibly do it on online all that sort of stuff um but yes i know what you mean you're, you're right about that you know as soon as joe is mentioned there's something there's always going to be something else there mm. and of course emma does get the truth and i love this bit which says well there you go i knew it if you want the truth out of clary you sit her down at her own kitchen table and make her a nice cup of tea that's great isn't it yeah. Really conjured an image to me. Yes, uh, as we sit here with our cup of, cups of tea. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, exactly. I know that's, yes, yeah, smart of Emma. And she gets the truth. And the truth is that Clary doesn't, has been struggling with the veg mm. patch. And she has been feeling guilty because it's Joe's veg patch. And she, I don't know, You, I guess you have it in your mind, don't you? Joe passes away. There's things to be looked after, one of which is the veg patch. And you think, right, well, I'm going to make the veg patch the best it's ever been for Joe and, like, in his memory. And even if you don't say that out loud, as soon as it's in your own mind, mm. that puts a whole load of pressure on you to actually get that right. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's something that, um, yeah, the loss of a, of a loved one and then you, you take on a project and it just is, it's a great driving force, but then it mm. can become something that I'm sure that loved one wouldn't want it to be. <laughs> So they wouldn't want it to be something that stresses you out, but yeah. you you just sort of get it in your mind because the stakes feel so high. Mm. Um, and so she doesn't want to do it. She's finding it difficult. She doesn't want to let Joe down with the flower and produce show. Yeah. So Emma gets a plan together where she thinks, I'll get all the old stalwarts you know, in the frame of mind mm. where they want to do this virtually. I'll, I'll get hold of Bert and Peggy and Jill, and this is going to be great. Mm. Yeah, so it's, it's Emma's, Emma's quite... I did find Emma of one mind this this week. Like I think she once she got it in her mind that she wanted to do the flower and produce. That was she's so driven. Mm. Um, so yeah, she's she's come up with a new plan, which is fab. Well, and in fact, you know, connecting it to to lockdown and current situations, we've talked about how even just doing this podcast, having a thing to plan for and look forward to, yeah, can can give you a bit of motivation in general for your day, mm. and you don't feel quite as low. Or is listless. Yeah. Um, so I think I can understand if she's like, great, I've got a, a sort of a task now. Yeah. She's feeling a bit more energised. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. Mm. Meanwhile, um, Alice has sort of told Brian the truth. Um, mm. I don't know whether I was surprised or it, I expected her to tell, tell him the truth, come clean. But, uh, mm. but yeah, she sort of told him that actually she jumped before she was pushed. She, yeah. it wasn't that she's, you know, had enough of a company or anything, you know, wanted to go feel like, actually. Um, it probably was that her work level had dipped a bit. Um, I don't know, if, I don't know whether she's, re no, she's not really reflected on that. Um, the fact no. that possibly her work level had dipped, but yes, they were talking about firing her and she jumped before she was pushed. Um, but he's sympathetic, he is, he is, and he says, you know, she's a chip off the old block, she's got Aldridge grit. She'll be fine. Maybe we can find a place for her here. But I thought, yeah, she's a chip off the old block, Brian, because she's still lying to her husband. The way you've lied to your wife. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, nice. 
But she's still not quite told Chris all the truth. Yeah. And Chris still, you know... So, which doesn't help Chris to see how she's feeling. In his mind, if she's kind of taking this really positive step of getting away from a toxic company and, you know, stepping out on her own, everything is kind of painted on that positive light. But if, if he was aware that actually she'd effectively been fired then things like this drinking during the day, if he knows that it's mm. happening, um, suddenly take on a slightly different um, different angle. That's true. We are, we are privileged to a lot more context, mm. whereas he's got a different level of information. Yeah. And of course, this is something I find really sort of interesting as well, is they play the... The archers have sort of delved into this idea that, you know, Brian suggested they have a whiskey together. Mm. Because, of course, again, to Brian, with the information that he has, and also the way he lives his life, a cheeky little whiskey at, what, mm. two o'clock in the afternoon, and that's all he sees her have, and that's all he's party to, and that's something that he finds is fine in his life, he can handle that. He says, oh, well, of course, I'll just suggest a little whiskey. Mm. But what that does to Alice is say, here's another excuse to have another drink, and it's totally okay to do this in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a huge difference between, um, well, it's a huge difference and also a very thin line between yeah. the people who drink a lot and then people who have a problem with alcohol and how you can quite easily sort of tip over. Mm. Um, but lots of people tread the line quite well and they just drink a lot, um, you know, many units a week quite regularly, but they it probably never manifests entirely into being a huge problem. Yeah, there's no dependency doesn't sort of develop. It's interesting. I wonder whether I wonder whether at any point in the coming weeks we'll hear Alice, you know, think about having a drink. Maybe think not about having a drink. Then think, ah, oh, I'll have a whiskey because that's what Dad said. I don't know. I mean, that would be yeah. an interesting thing to have in there. And it also. Um... I think maybe I'll provide like a little link like we've done before just to some information because Mm. it can be quite difficult for people who drink quite regularly but don't seem to have a problem with it, an addiction. Um, They can quite often fall into the trap of really not understanding what it might be like for an alcoholic. So an alcoholic can't have just one. Mm. The idea is, oh, you can have just one, just have one beer, just don't get drunk. And the alcoholic will say, you don't understand. I don't want just one. I'll have 10. Yeah. And you can have one and stop and I can't. And it can be quite insensitive. And it's a mistake that lots of people make all the time to even suggest having a little drink. And actually, some alcoholics don't have mouthwash with alcohol in or a a liqueur chocolate Mm. because it sort of unleashes the the caged panther that's inside them. So you... it's interesting how Brian will probably not understand it as well. He'll be like, well, just one whiskey is not a problem, but it, it really could be for Alice. I mean, I don't know. We'll see where they go with this. But... Yeah, indeed. And it ends with her having trouble logging onto a laptop, and I just, oh, God. Yeah, very uncomfortable listening, unfortunately. Mm. Definitely. Um, and on to Wednesday's episode. Yes. And also more slightly uncomfortable listening um, in a different way. But Ed, Ed, you know, the, the U is still not well. Um, mm. And Ed's in the field and he suddenly, he sees that 
more fly tipping. There's been more fly tipping. Another pile of stuff. He thinks, well, I padlocked the gates. <laughs> Again, you sort of said that you know, that little little scene from a couple of days ago where we saw that yeah. he padlocked the gate. And he runs over to the gate and it's still padlocked. Um, and this is great. You know, it's, it's kind of a you know, nicely delivered monologue because he then realises <laughs> that actually it's not his padlock. So somebody has come along, cut his padlock, driven in, dumped the stuff, driven out, padlocked it up with a different padlock because um, they're just you know so well prepared. They're clearly a professional outfit. I know. It, the plot thickens. I know. It's a real, yeah, it really, really does. But the other thing he gathers from that is that it probably means they're going to come back. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And then we move over to Chris. So he's having real trouble because Tandy is going for it online. And Mm. he he believes that it's, it's... So she's accusing him of hurting her horse, but he's pretty sure... He's quite sensitive as Chris. He's pretty sure that it's the gossip that has made this sort of vitriolic online um campaign a lot worse mm. because it's personal yeah it, and it's really you know it, we've talked before i think about social media and how you know how quickly things can spread so that sort mm. of gossip that in the old days would have just been somebody mentioning it to somebody else and you know probably would have still have spread around like wildfire but actually as soon as it's kind of online reviews and sort of you know that's gonna harm his business even more um, so yeah, it's really sort of a, a dangerous time for his fairy business. It certainly is, and one can feel quite um, powerful because you're with a keyboard that yes. nobody can sort of see your face. You know, I don't like conflict generally um, in person, but I found myself writing extremely outrageously strongly worded emails before, mm. and then thankfully I have this bit of a rule where I think, well, I'll sleep on it, and if you still want to send it the next day, do. <laughs> And um, and usually the next day I think, oh, my God, thank God I didn't send that. I just need to say, like, two sentences. It's fine. And I just don't need to be rude at all. <laughs> but online you've got this power. Where it's, you're sort of, I don't know, safe at home, at the desk. I don't know what it is, but it does. It causes people to be a lot more vicious, I think. Yeah, it would be really horrible. Yeah, I, it was. It, it is interesting, isn't it, you know, whether she would have said, would be saying all of this to his face. Indeed, um, and later on, we hear. I, I, I sort of skipped a bit later on in the episode, but is this where we? Is this? Is it later in this episode where Chris actually goes and speaks to her? Is that right? Well, that's right because um, Jacob. He speaks to Jacob, ah. and he he rings Jacob up, and Jacob's advice is actually: look, you can't prove that you didn't hurt the foot, mm. and potentially you did. Um, the best thing to do now is sort of damage control and. And it's sort of funny, isn't it? Because we we think of Jacob as the non not very sensitive mm. character because he had a go at a little girl. You know, it's like your pony could die. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he he is can be very sensitive because he was very good with Kate when she r- discovered she was in you know in the stages of early menopause, and he said, "Look, Chris." just apologize and take the blame because until Mm. you do that you can't move forward and Mm. you need to look after your business and also gives a bit of an insider information tandy isn't necessarily the most popular person yeah and this is something i've learned over time i used to worry you know oh gosh you know i've pissed off that person who i don't really like very much are they going to 
turn all my friends against me or something like that. You know, school schoolyard mm. stuff. But of course, you're kind of underestimating your friends. They might well come to their own conclusion about mm. who's providing them the information and who they know best. Yeah. So rather than starting a fight, just eat some humble pie and get on with it. Yeah. And then you can move on, which I think sounds like sensible advice from Yakabache. Mm. Um, so he, you know, Chris thinks, right, you know, that's it. No more, no more drinking on a school night. You know, I'm going to be, I need to be squeaky clean from here on, um, mm. you know, early nights and all that sort of stuff. And then you were right. Yeah. He went to see Tandy and it sounds like it did help. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is good. Um, and then there's that moment, isn't there, where he sort of thinks that, oh, you know, Alice will be at home waiting with a glass of wine. <sighs> yeah. I think possibly you had a similar thought to me on this a little bit i've got kind of like prediction siren written down mm. and, and i think this, I, I, I was like oh maybe this is a bit out there um but that actually it might be that chris ends up that alice can sort of withstand this kind of alcohol thing and that chris is going to end up i don't know worse off than her but i think that's a little bit out there i think that's a bit much i don't know well no, I think that's very interesting. I think it would be really interesting if they explored um, the way that a pair of people can yeah, justify each other's behaviour because if you both agree to it, um, you're in a little pair. Like, I remember this at school, you know, when two friends got together, they'd be a bit mean because if they were together, they sort of, they didn't tell each other off and then they actually got a bit more mean than they normally were. And you'd be like, what? Because they were together, they sort of wound each other up a bit. And I wondered whether, you know, with Chris and Alice, are they going to, in their house, locked away, locked down, for example, yeah. keep justifying to themselves and each other, mm. oh, no, it's all right, have another drink. Mm. Or it's going to be the source of contention where Chris says, oh, Alice, we should cut down drinking yeah. because this has gone a bit too far now. And that's where he notices that Alice's reaction to that might be more severe than he imagined. And he goes, oh, if you have such an issue with not drinking on a school night, maybe you have an issue. I think that's what I'm waiting for at the moment is somebody, somebody to notice. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, as with, you know, there's plenty of other storylines where, you know, we as the listener are aware of it before everyone else. And uh, yeah, we just need somebody to notice. And, and We do, don't we? Make Alice aware of it. Um, but over with over with Emma, she's worried because she knows that Ed is now planning to stake out the field oh. um, with Will um, and is sort of aware just... of what a pair they can be. Um, exactly. I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Particularly knowing their, a bit of their, a bit more of their past from the, the, um, the throwback episodes, I thought, mm. yeah, I think I was more aware of, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of know a bit more about what they've been through as brothers mm. um, in their past. And yeah, you know, they could go in with fists flying, I think, Emma says. Mm. And he's an edge, like, you know, I'm definitely not in this for the fight. Mm. And, and Emma should be impressed with me. You know, I'm standing up for the community, but then suddenly there are pigs in the yard. And uh, I just love the idea. Yeah. Suddenly there are just pigs in a yard. <laughs> and Will's been saying good, good night as well. To, so it's, yeah, it's all, um, oh, he's a bit worried they're going to be late. They're going to miss it. They're going to, um, yes, it's quite interesting, wasn't it? Emma, mm. meanwhile, is sort of <clears throat> worried about her flower and produce online show idea. Mm. No one seems to be, no one seems to be taking, taking it up. Indeed. 
Bert says, oh, you know, it'll never work because you can't smell the earth. But also, he says, and Joe wouldn't approve. And again, it's another little signal, isn't it? Ah, uh, is this all a bit about Joe mm. for everyone? Yeah. Forcing it to happen. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And it won't be the same without him. And I think everyone, that's okay to say. Mm. Maybe, oh, oh, maybe they'll do like a, a special Joe Grundy award. Oh, yes. Oh. And they should do, shouldn't they? Oh, yes. Um, but these pigs, sadly, have ruined a load of the veg, including those beans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Ed still accuses her of being the one to let the pigs out because she's trying to stop them, go out and wait for the fly tippers, which... Which would have been ingenious if she had done it. <laughs> <laughs> but I suspect it's not not, uh, not what happened. Mm. Um, yeah. So then off Ed and Will go. Mm. And Will's um, in position. Yes, he's got a torchlight, flashlight. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're sort of, it's getting dark, so they're sort of suspecting, you know, maybe we've missed them. Oh, they're not coming tonight, sort of thing. Yeah. And then up pulls a van <gasps> out of the darkness, <laughs> pauses by the gate, and a figure gets out and moves into the headlight, and we hear Ed say, Oh my word, I can't really say something. Yeah. And, uh, I can't believe it. Can't believe it. Um, it was great. It was a real sort of. My dad, yeah, my dad always used to sit, whenever we were reading a book that kind of had like a you know, exciting end to the chapter, it'd always do that kind of dun 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 dun. Yeah. And I had that in my mind. Definitely. Yeah. Who did you think it was? I was certain it was Philip. I know, so was I. But I couldn't work out whether that was because you'd said that the other day and I was like, that's such a good, such a good idea. That's definitely <laughs> what's going to be the case. Um, I don't think I had who it was in my mind. No, um, I didn't. So, uh, yes, no, I was very excited. But I also, yeah, like I say, I listened to this episode about 20 minutes before it was on <gasps> in the evening so I had to wait 20 minutes. I was like, oh, no, got to wait, find out who it is. Um, and there we are, Thursday, Thursday's episode. They don't make you wait long, do they? No, they don't, yes. <laughs> Tim Oti. Tim Oti is back. Oh. If you remember, this is that this is uh, Tim who got Ed in on all of that illegal chemicals transport stuff, oh. and then when Ed wanted out of it, started threatening him because I think basically he's. I get the feeling that Tim has got in with a load of bad blokes, and he's terrified of them and therefore sort of mm. pass it down the line to Ed mm. so I'm threatening Emma um, oh. Ed at one point was convinced that he was trying to run her off the road and yeah mm. so it was all um, it's not a nice bloke to be to have coming back into your life I don't think certainly not um, it means a lot that he's around doesn't it and mm. of course Emma's annoyed because Ed won't ring the police or crime stoppers but you know she thinks oh Ed just doesn't like grassing on people but of course, actually, we get from Ed that it's it's much more to do with the fact that he's worried that Tim will drop him in it with the police about the pesticides. Mm. Um, he's like, oh, I've got to do this myself. Get get Jazza on board. Get the lads round. Oh. Yeah, it all sounds dangerous and not terribly sensible. <laughs> no, indeed. Um, although we also get a little hint of um, Emma making a harvest pie. Mm. and uh, But it's all sloppy. And I thought, George, you're a bit of a baker. <laughs> I was going to say, George, you're a bit sloppy. You're uh, a bit sloppy. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> um, well, that just sounds like too much, too much moisture in mm. 
So I, you know, I don't know whether you'd want to put in a bit of bit of flour in there to soak up the moisture or breadcrumbs. Nice. Breadcrumbs would be a bit weird if it's a. I don't know. Is there harvest pie, fruit, pie, sweet pie, or a savoury pie? I, don't know. I think savoury pie, and yeah. then they've added some apples, which I bet is delicious. Actually, a bit of sweetness. Mm. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, too much moisture in there, definitely. It's a um, soggy bottom. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah, proper soggy bottom. But she's a bit distraught, actually. She's kind of really, I don't know. I think she's stressed about a number of things. And then yeah. the pie is not come out, you know. And then that's, you know, she, that t- takes her anger to a certain extent. What's the what's the equivalent of, so you know, pathetic fallacy, where hmm. like the weather yeah. in a story, the weather reflects sort of the mood and mm-hmm. what's going on. So if people are angry and then there's a storm, you know, is there is there an equivalent for someone stressed out and then they have a pie that that yeah. falls apart? <laughs> yeah, that's great. Like Pathetic the fallacy in cooking. <laughs> Pathetic. Like burnt cookies. Yes. If people are angry or something. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a very clever pun and I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll come minutes, back I'll to be it. like, Pathetic. Pastasy, or no, 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 I don't know. Um, I like it. Um, but the next pie, the next pie did work out better uh, because she baked the apples first. So I imagine that gets rid of the first amount of um, of moisture. Yes. And so I was like, why are they baking a pie? And then it turns out Kira's written a letter to add to this pie. And they're going to give drop it around Bert's house, try and win him over. Yeah, it's really sweet, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> but they, I think they're doing it to Burton, and they're also doing it to to Jill, aren't they? And Peggy, mm. I think. Mm. And um, and Kira's written one of the letters, but but hasn't done all of them. So, so Emma just thinks, well, I'll just write it as though it is from <laughs> from Kira. You sort of picture her with a I don't know a crayon or something, trying yeah. to write slightly, not very neatly. Maybe like writing with her left hand, sort yes. of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite sweet, really. I could kind of picture her kind of overcompensating it, making it even more messy than it would necessarily be. <laughs> and Kira yeah. being like, what are you doing? That's, that's, I'm mm. much, much better than that. Um, <laughs> but in, this is in order to try and, well, tug at the heartstrings of the older yeah. generation um, and say, oh, I really wish I could enter my pie for uh, the Flower and Produce show. Um, <laughs> I feel like it would work. It would work on me, definitely. Oh, totally, yeah. But we move, we also... Get back to Alice, and this is it. Surely she's desperate to find a drink. She can't believe that they've run out. Mm. And she's even annoyed that Chris gave a bottle or two of wine to Gary and Tracy and considers asking for them back. Yeah. That's clearly an issue. Absolutely. I mean, you know, more more uncomfortable listening here. Like, there was, there's that moment where, and then she does pull herself back. She's like, no, you can't do that, I can't do that. I forgot that. There's a couple of bits here that, that start to get me really worried. Mm. And she's driving off to the garage, isn't she? Mm. There's a moment where the car starts telling her to put on a seatbelt and she starts having a go at that. And yeah. I thought, oh, God. I actually thought we might get a car crash. I know, I know. And I thought, and I, I don't think stuff will happen like that in these kind of the current format of episodes, mm. but maybe I'm wrong. Mm. Um, because then the other thing, so... I think I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but she's she's cooking, isn't mm. she? Yeah. And sort of leaves it on the heat and pops off somewhere to go and do something else. 
Well, in, well, in fact, she talks about all the things she could do, like work. Mm. And then she decides, oh, no, I'll just rest with another glass of red wine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you can just hear the, 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 the ring is still on and she's cooking mm. something. And there's just there's just so many things where you think this is now this is now getting a bit dangerous, I think. And yeah, somebody needs to notice it's sharpish. Yeah. Um, like you say, maybe that will come through Chris because you know he's trying to cut down on his drinking, and that will you'll notice notice how much Alice is becoming reliant on it. Um, mm. But at the moment, with her being at home all day every day, it's it's sort of very easy for her to just keep doing it. Indeed, and actually, it's sometimes hardest for the people closest to notice the problem. Yeah, that's true. I think when you come from the outside and you. Yeah, yeah, you don't see the build up and you just mm. suddenly see this behavior yeah. you'd go, "Oh, that's a problem." But if you've seen the gradual increase of the use of alcohol, you might not see it as a problem. So it could be a while and it could take something like a horrible accident mm. for people to understand. Well, that's why I thought like when she fell out of the tree. I mean, this is that's years ago now, isn't it? But <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought, you know, maybe that's going to be the start of people realising that... At the party? Yeah. There was a party, wasn't there? And she climbed the yes. tree because she got too drunk and then she fell out of the tree and... Yeah. Or did she fall out? Or maybe she didn't fall out, but I thought she no, was going to fall did. out. She did, didn't she? And yeah. Then, or she fell into something. And then there was another party at the bull where she got really drunk and said something really, really inappropriate to somebody oh, else. Yeah. Yes, I yes. I can't remember what it was. Oh. And it really upset people. What was it? Was it to do with Helen? Oh, or Kirsty and a baby? Oh, yes. No, I think it was, wasn't it? Wasn't it to do with uh, Kirsty's miscarriage or something? Yes. And and Tom and stuff. And people were just outraged. And yeah. again, that's when me and my sister were going, surely. This is the moment. This is when right? someone says, yeah. you've got to watch your drinking. But it's, I think in, we have a culture in the UK where we were just like the last thing we want to admit is that it might be actually alcohol that's a problem. Mm. We're just saying, oh, just stop getting drunk. Yeah. And what we what we really need to talk about is whether someone should drink at all. Mm. Mm. Me. Well, indeed. Well, anyway, so we, we shall see. Yeah, and we leave that there and then we move on to Ed, who... So earlier in the episode, he's worried. He keeps thinking he's seen Tim everywhere and he's worried that if he talks to the police that ed that tim would drop him in it and now ed is really upset because kira and poppy were going through the rubbish mm. and there was a sort of pe- propeller blade or something there was something in there that was mm. that was dangerous and he feels he's got to do something yeah but thank goodness ed does have a bit of common sense and he thinks well we can't actually probably intimidate someone like tim mm. someone like tim might just come back at us with even more power yeah and actually i think he reflects doesn't he that i don't know he's worried about telling the police because then maybe they'll you know drop he'll drop ed in it but actually you know tim can't tell the police on ed without giving away all the stuff that he's been up to as well so Mm. it doesn't feel like Mm. that's going to be the way he'll go and i think all all throughout there's just that voice in the back of it well there's just emma is in mm. his mind and and it's really nice actually because it just shows that he's learned he's learned from the mistakes that he's made mm. um so it just feels it, yeah he's 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 making the right move i think and yeah. uh, and he looks at the number for crime stoppers 
He does indeed. And very helpfully for me, <laughs> spells out OT. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, very nice. But he wasn't sure how you spelt it. Um, but indeed, and he thinks, right, yeah, I. who do I owe something to? Not to Tim. I owe it to Emma. Yeah, really and, love it. Uh, so he calls Crime Stoppers. But I don't know about you, George. I got the feeling this week that this week is not over. Mm. In that recently, the sort of last, like, collections of four episodes have yeah. um, had a con- little conclusions, little rounding offs. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Thursday's episode was quite unresolved and felt a little bit like a cliffhanger. Mm. I know what you mean. Yeah. I'm wondering if they'll continue the stories next week. Yes, it would feel slightly odd to go off and hear from Josh for a week or um, mm. I, don't, I don't know. Um, but maybe we'll hear what's happened through other people as well. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but 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 an enjoyable week. I think I think I was with you in terms of like the slightly slow start on Monday, mm. um, but but by yeah by the end of Wednesday's episode, I was like, bring on the next one. Oh, absolutely! Um, it was quite full, wasn't it? Yeah, really? yeah totally, yeah. totally very enjoyable. What a wonderful week! Thank you Lovely. so much. Thank you. Oh. Now, Charlie. Now. Yes. There is something we need to talk about, isn't there? With everybody, because we talked about this briefly after recording last week. Yeah. And we need to tell everybody that we made a decision, haven't we? We have made a decision that uh, next week's episode of Archers and Tea will be the last episode of Archers and Tea. Mm, Yes. Um, We we talked about from the start, this was all, you know, to help us get through lockdown and to hopefully Mm. help other people get through lockdown as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And now that's all starting to lift. Um, you've got some exciting shows coming up with uh, Mischief Movie Night and, and, and projects in the pipeline to August and uh, mm. to be getting on with. Um, and I've I've actually got a, an exciting new... I've spoken to you about this before, Charlie, mm. but I'll let listen to I've got an exciting new career. So I'm starting oh. in September as a maths teacher. Um, so that's, uh, that's exciting that's for me so as well. Exciting. So exciting. And I think... Those children are very lucky, George. Really lucky. I'm sure you're an excellent maths teacher, but I think you're probably an even better uh, mentor of life. Oh, and I will use so many, so many Ambridge metaphors uh, in my lessons. <laughs> <laughs> the number of sheep and cows sums I'll be doing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, um, you very know, much. I'll be representing, definitely. Um, yeah. And we didn't want it to fizzle out, did we? We want to, we've had such a good time. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this. And it would just be not right if, oh goodness, one week it just all became a bit impossible and then suddenly there wasn't an episode that week. You know, we want to end on a bang. So next week we're going to talk about the episodes, but also uh, we're going to come with a couple of our highlights of the the last 20 episodes that we've done. Because next week will be the 20th. Mm. The 20th and final episode. Indeed. So, yes, well, hopefully, um, see you all then. Mm. Um, You'll be able to join us. But, yes, thank you for this week, Charlie. Well, thank you, George. And thank you all for joining us. Thank you for joining us and have a lovely week. Stay safe, stay healthy. Lots of love, Charlie. Love, George. (laughs) 